the Furphy at Little Creatures Village, Geelong. This is the warm-up with Warlow and Moods. This is the warm-up. Welcome. Happy Saturday morning. What a big day of footy coming your way. We're going to cover all of that very, very soon. Big show this morning. Matt Warren and Cam Mooney with you. Campbell Brown will join us a little bit later on. Looking forward to some of his stories and antics that he's been up to over the last few weeks with our local footy update, of course, our weekend preview. Moons, welcome to you. It's, Hello, Wallow. I feel like Eddie Maguire. It's been a big week in footy. There's it has so been. so much happening. There's a little bit going on up north at the moment, and wow. uh, we'll, we'll cover that a little bit later. But, uh, yeah, my great mate Stephen King uh, taking over the reins up there, so I'm very excited for it. Yeah, uh, we'll talk a little bit about that later on as well. But uh, interesting because I guess with the the sacking of Stuart Jew this week, which um, I guess for Caroline Wilson was no surprise that uh, she, it, she actually nailed it You know, two weeks ago now no, and said Stephen King would replace him. She's the first one that everyone jumps on, Caro. And I really like Caroline. I think she's a – I've got to know her – not no, I've got to meet her a few times, like Brian Cook's wedding and yep. had a couple of great conversations with her. She's a – Lovely, lovely person. She's and, you easy know, to pile and she, onto. And she's easy to pile onto. She's an easy target. You know, she's a female in a in a man's world, virtually, yeah, and, and everybody likes to, to knock her on the head when they think she's done something wrong or said something wrong. But you know what? She completely nailed it. So Every well journal at some stage gets one wrong or things change within that, and she gets as many right and big stories as anyone in the game. Well, it's a tough gig for a journal because when you – you put your balls on the line, basically. You're yep. putting everything on the line here to go, like, this is what I'm going with. This is what's going to happen. Now, in this case, she's gone with – she thinks Stuart Jew was going to be sacked after the Collingwood game. Now, they still had a game to play. Now, if by any chance Gold Coast had have beaten Port Adelaide, there's yeah. no way in the yep. world Port Adelaide were going I – mean, Gold Coast were going to sack Stuart Jew that week. So she would have been made to look like a complete fool. Well, this is so the thing, So it's right? a big thing for journos to go with a big story like of that. Of course it is. And so this is – so there's two things there. One, probably not going to happen, but they could have beat Port Adelaide. They actually started quite well and didn't mm. win. But it comes back to where Gold Coast saw Stuart Jew clearly before the Collingwood game because she went with it on the Monday night after the Collingwood game that yeah. they had – thoughts or they were going to sack him at some stage that month. They came up against teams one and two in the competition. Yeah. What was he meant to do? I know, stiff. It was done. Well, but, and the other thing was, as soon as Damien Hardwick came out, in my opinion, and said, I, I'm ready to coach again. I miss it. I want to coach. Yeah. And I even I thought after the Collingwood game, Dewey's done. Yeah. And that was before even Caro and that went with it. I had a feeling that, yeah, this is the moment that is. Well, it was one of those him. games where – um, it was at home. No one it was, expected, their, big, it was yeah. their big one at home. No you know? one necessarily expected them to win. No, but not but get that was a, that was a really poor performance. Yeah. And Collingwood hadn't really put away that many teams uh, this season. No. They've had some great wins, obviously, but that was one of those things. Interesting. Um, I won't play the Caro stuff, but I was I was wondering if it was going to change the course of the conversation with the Gold Coast Suns because when a journal comes out and says, "I think this is going to happen over this around about time frame." thinking, and Caro even thought, well, maybe they'll change their mind or maybe they'll push it back a month or maybe they'll see the season out. But uh, obviously they just said, no, nah, we've, we've gone with it now. Bad luck. We're well, going to push the button. I mean, you're not doing your club or the coach or anyone at the, <laughs> the service that you need to or you're doing everyone a disservice yep. if you're trying to basically put a journalist back in their spot yeah. by not yeah, making yeah. the right decision. Yeah, so, yeah, that's right. If you're making a call because <laughs> a journalist come out and said this is what's going to happen, you're going to change your mind. Well, what were you doing the first? But interesting, though, uh, on the weekend, Ross Lyon, before his game for the Saints, um, was asked by Joe Watson this great question. 
Ross, in, during the game, when, when, what makes you nervous? What do you start to worry about? What flashes red in the box? Yeah, board members, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they're, they're pretty good. <laughs> CEOs, I don't know. Right? It's interesting because... I love when he has a bit of a joke. Yeah, Rossi. he's actually... Since he sort of um, left, went into the media, he seems to have loosened yes. up a bit more now um, in that sort of thing. And look, the Saints are going well. They've got some crunch games coming up. Look, I don't think. Look, I think we're always we're expecting one team to fall out of the finals. Um, obviously, the Bulldogs the other night. They're, they're they're the team that I actually think was going to fall out. Uh, I thought the Saints were going to stay in, but they are a team that could also fall out. But they've had a year that nobody expected. So he's sitting high at the moment. Strangely, it, they've got Gold Coast this yeah, weekend. It's, I know, and what's I'd love to know the record of uh, teams coming off a sacked coach. Mm. Um, but he's in such a good spot at the moment. It's his first year at the footy club, and they're probably, maybe, might miss out, but more than likely might play finals. He's in a great spot, so he can have that fun and a bit of a joke around. Yeah, yeah I've, I thought a couple of months ago the Saints would miss, and they've been patchy since. They have. But every other team's They've been, got a pretty good run, though. But every other team's been patchy as well, so they've sort of kept their spot within... Uh, the top eight. Hey, big game tonight. Looking forward to it. I don't know if it should have been played at GMHBA Stadium. Absolutely it should. But the Cats are taking on the Bombers. Brad Scott, Bombers coach this week, come out and said, well, you wouldn't move a game if it was sold out at the Adelaide Oval. That is true. But they're also the Adelaide Oval is not being redeveloped. I just think at the moment it looks really disappointing for such a big game, such a marquee game. That we and particularly which side the actual cameras on when you're watching the game on TV, it does look bad. So I just think if they're not going to move this game because it's been talk over years, mm. the games should they move here, whatever. And I know there's consequences around moving games and other teams are playing at different venues. If they're not going to move this game, they'll never move again. No, look, I, I get it, and I, I would have loved to have seen uh, sixty, seventy thousand on a Saturday night at the MCG with these two teams because that's probably what you'd get. Yeah. Saying that, I thought Brad Scott was brilliant the way that he handled the press conference. Yeah. So many coaches go, yeah, we should have moved it, or you have people coming out from the club, yeah, we should have moved it. Our, me- our members are missing out. Our supporters are missing out. He sent a message to all of his players. Boys, we're playing down there. Get ready for it. No excuses. It's just a footy oval. We're just going down there to play. He didn't yep. give anybody any excuses to walk away after Saturday night if they lose and go, you know what? Their heart wasn't in it. Yeah. Yeah, they weren't they up were, for they, it. They, they, were, they were already thinking about something else or they should have been over here. He just said, no, this is their home game. We're going down there to play. Let's get it on. It and just would it. have been great. I mean, I know it's out of a lot of people's control, the stadium redevelopment, because when it is up and running, it's going to be amazing. Oh, it'll, be the best, it'll be the best regional stadium in the Southern Hemisphere, yeah. maybe the world. It's It'll be amazing. And the big games will be, like an Essendon coming to town, oh. will be a huge event for July. And that was so. what was supposed to happen. This was supposed to be the big yep. Melbourne club coming down for the, well, all not of a sudden, say the grand opening, but it was like the big, big game against somebody. And unfortunately... Well, all of a sudden you would have had Melbourne, Essendon, Port Adelaide within a six-week period. Huge. Massive, and unfortunately now with it's a little bit more underwhelming. The games would be great, and the game would yeah. be should be really good tonight, but it is a little bit uh, disappointing. Hey, Jared Wheatley, Wheatley during the week, I found this one really uh, strange. So on, he's not fa- in trouble, is he? Jared's he, never in. Trouble. He's never in trouble, but for the first time ever, he's been flustered. For the first time ever, because so on Twitter this week, and it happens a lot that someone's put a photo up of him in a Fox Sports promotion photo with a quote about. Uh, Grime Myers being the Lionel Messi of <laughs> of the AFL, saying he might not get um, as many goals, but he's got the same vision as Messi around the ground, or maybe even better. Now he didn't say that, 
Um, and there was another one about Stuart Jew not being a very good coach, both that he didn't say. So Jared's gone in and said, look, these quotes are wrong. Mm. Hashtag fake quote. And people have come for him. So they're like, the more that he's defended himself, uh, the more, and he went the on the radio and asked people to defend him on Twitter as well, the harder people have gone. So more stuff's come out over the thing. So it's one of those, have you ever been caught up or in a news article that you've written or a comment that you've put in place that you've been taken out of context or you just didn't actually say that uh, thing at all? Not out of context, but you... So we do a show on Friday nights for Fox Footy. Um, uh, it's virtually Fox Footy Live. It's like First Crack or something. Yep. And I had a comment a couple of weeks ago when the Bulldogs got beaten by Collingwood. Now, they had a really good actually, game. Actually, I saw this one. So I don't know your comments, but I saw the, yes. I saw the quote. So they, the, they, the had a, they had a good game. They got beaten by the best team in the competition. But my quote was, this is from a Bulldogs point of view, they frustrate me. And it wasn't particularly on that game. It was because I think they were probably going to miss the finals. Work. Overall, on paper, they look so amazing, uh, but they, they let you down. And, of course, Bulldogs <laughs> people came at me. So I'm yeah. sitting there Thursday night. I'm barracking for the Swans. Because <laughs> 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 only because I knew yeah. if they had got up, people would have piled on me again. Yeah, but you know what? Now all I want to do is just write back to every single one of those messages. Told you so. Well, it's funny because when I saw it, right, I'm like, "Geez, Moons has got hard." Like it, they but, lost against Collingwood by yeah, two goals, but it wasn't end. particularly on that. So no, no, no. If you no, heard, I, if you I heard I the whole now. context of what I was saying, you would have realised I said they had a great game night, but overall they can be disappointing with but, what they but deliver. This is the point, right? So but it was in one word. Mooney thinks they're disappointing. And yeah. all of a sudden, oh, they lost to the best team, you flog. Yeah. You're a wanker and all these type of things. So <laughs> this is the thing. So I saw that and my reaction or response when I saw it was like, oh, okay, that's a that's pretty exactly, strong. That's, what, that's what you want. But when I saw Jared Waitley's thing this week about Lionel Messi and Grian Myers, I'm like, geez, that's a strange thing yeah. for Jared to say. <laughs> but thinking, he said it. Yeah, that, exactly. That was my, so it was a different thing. So Jared should have just left alone because – it comes back to what is... Oh, it's, this is yes, a, it's yesterday's news, all that stuff. So oh, for him yeah. to actually bite on it, I'm surprised. Yeah, Jared was flustered for the first time ever. But it comes back to a South Park thing. It's called the Barbara Streisand effect. Oh, yes. So they went hard at Barbara Streisand years ago in a, in a South Park, mm -hmm. uh, a few episodes actually, and she kicked up a stink and wanted to take him to court and all mm. this sort of stuff. And so it became a bigger they thing. They turned her into a T-Rex or something, didn't it they? It was. She was some sort of dinosaur. <laughs> some sort of... I think she was like, um, what's the... What's the Japanese um, oh, Godzilla? Yeah, Godzilla. <laughs> That's, That's what it sort right of was, was. <laughs> right? So what happened was because she went so hard defending herself or was upset about mm. it, it became this massive thing where if South Park released, which they do, an another episode of someone else and another topic yeah. the following week, it just goes away. Yeah, exactly. But it's because Jared tried to defend himself on six different occasions on Twitter, it actually came back at him. Well, I remember years and years ago, my brother Jason uh, got suspended for... Uh, he got into a wrestle with, I can't remember who it was. It was a Hawthorne player. And they were gouging each other, and he got done for gouging in his eyes. So on the footy show that week, they said, oh, we saw what uh, Jason Mooney was watching on TV that week. And they pretended that it was Jason put in the, uh, the VCR, because this is back in like the yeah. mid-90s. Yep. And it was uh, the Three Stooges, you know, when they poke each other in the yeah. eyes. I'm yeah. having a bit of a laugh. So my mum got so cut up. <laughs> so cut up. She wanted to sue. She wanted to do this. Really? And the manager at the time, the great late Ron Joseph, who was uh, Jason's manager at the time, just said, Lynn, just don't worry about it. If you kick up a stink, they're just going to do something else the next week. Yeah, yeah. So that's where, yeah. Yeah, the bite comes in and you get the reaction is where you get yeah. to get the pylon. So, Jared, 
Take a deep breath. People who <laughs> love you and follow you and and saw that. See, post. I've made so many mistakes in my life that I just now laugh at it. So yeah. I don't have to worry about, oh, I didn't say I'm that. Like, I'm like, Jared, that's that's a strange one. When you only make a, a mistake every now and then, that's where you probably do go, hey, I didn't do that. I tell you what did surprise me, 100 games of Grian Myers um, tonight. All that's right. popped I'll, up I'll quick. Tell you, I'll tell you what he's become. He has become a star. Yeah. And I, I, I was always... I wasn't on him. I was never sold on I've him. I've liked him, but I hated the way he kicked for goal. Yeah. His yep. field kicking, I've always no loved. No penetration. But his kicking and vision and yeah, everything great. at the moment. I, I, I led the league in assists in 2008. And I thought, I, I think... That's because your goal kicking was yeah. so poor. No, no, it wasn't poor that year. It was poor at the end of the year. But we had a, I had a competition with Stevie J, so we, who could get the most assists? And I think Acker at the time had the most, and I think it might have been about 40. And I think I had about 38 for the year, around about that. And I was so proud, and I thought, no one's going to touch that. I think Ryan's already gone past 40. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's flying. Incredible. His assist work is incredible. Now, he's doing a great job, and 100 games for him tonight. Uh, good luck to him. Coming up, uh, we're going to chat to Campbell Brown. He's always up to something. He's either here or overseas somewhere. Never. He's never at home. And we're going to take a look at uh, the weekend preview. And also coming up, six... Shock sackings. Moon's a six-pack, all thanks to Little Creatures. Stay with us. Plenty more to come on the warm-up this morning. For Furphy at Little Creatures Village, Geelong. You're listening to The Warm-Up with Warlow and Moon's. For Furphy at Little Creatures Village, Geelong. This is The Warm-Up with Warlow and Moon's. Yeah, still plenty to come this morning on the warm-up. All thanks to Little Creatures. Furphy, unbelievable. Get yourself a Furphy this weekend and enjoy the footy. What a weekend of footy, in fact. Well, I'll say weekend. What a Saturday of footy. We'll get to yeah. that in just a moment. Uh, Campbell Brown going to join us very soon as well. Looking forward to a couple of stories from him. But let's get into Moons' six-pack. Moons' six-pack for Little Creatures. All Creatures welcome. This week, we're going to take a look at six shot sackings. Easy to say, isn't it? Moons are six pack for Little Creatures, for Furphy at Little Creatures, Geelong Village. Moons, there's been, uh, look, obviously a big sacking this week with Stuart mm-hmm. Jew, but there's been some shock sackings across the world, not just AFL over the years. So we're going to start with our six pack with our shock sackings today. What have yeah, we got? Well, we're going a little bit international on a couple of them. Um, but the one I'm going to start with is in the NBA. Now, the Raptors won the 2019 championship yep. with uh, Kawhi Leonard. First championship first ever. ever. First ever. For the I franchise. It might have been, yeah. It was incredible. We all remember it. Nick Nurse was the, uh, the coach. Mm-hmm. Fantastic coach. A couple of years later, a few years later, got sacked. Like, unbelievable. Yeah. Like, there's just, the loyalty in sport is, is awesome. Like, you can understand if they won a few over a period of time or that, um, you know, all of a sudden... There was some big fallout, but to win a championship for your first time ever and then be sacked is yeah. is, is a bit harsh, right. I reckon. Now, one of the ones that uh, I still think was yeah unbelievable, Justin Langer when he got sacked as Australian coach. Yes. Now, at the time, there was talk he needed to change a few things. Some players had a bit of a um, bit of a heart to heart, and they all said, "This is what we want you to change." And apparently, he changed. And then on the back of that, I think they were ranked number one in the world, and then they sacked him. I, th- I still th- and, and we saw a lot of ex players, Ricky Ponning, Shane Warne, all these guys really go into bat for him and go, that was absolute BS. But is the cricket coach meant to be sort of in the background? I know Warney used to say that uh, who was coaching Australia when Warney was playing? Oh, he said he should only Bucky. 
Yeah, he should only drive the team bus. That's that's his job. <laughs> yeah, but then Warnie went and took a, a coaching job over in the IPL. Yeah, not bad. Paid a fortune for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other one is going to be when Brett Ratton got sacked at Carlton for Mick Malthouse. But they've they've come on since then, haven't they? <laughs> Unbelievable. So yeah. he had them playing finals, Rats. Yep. Had winning seasons, was doing really well, and then Mick came on the market. Bang, they sacked him, and since then it's been a debacle. Yeah, it's uh, so, it's a say, surprise when they're trying to get, and didn't it end badly with Mick Moldhouse yeah. too. Uh, the other one is when Mark Harvey was coaching Fremantle, doing an okay job, Harms, and then all of a sudden Rossi came on the scene and off you go, Harps. Overnight, just Bang. Rossi came into town and uh, <laughs> Mark Harvey was uh, Absolutely no more. gone. And then on the back of that, I think Rossi sacked a couple of blokes in the change rooms after the last game. Two at St Kilda, didn't he? Yes. He yes. Says, All right, boys, that was really good of you. Oh, by the way, I'm going as well. Yeah. See you later. See you later. Uh, the, the, the strangest one in AFL for mine in, in my time was Malcolm Blight yeah, to right. St Kilda. Now, I've heard a lot of St Kilda players just go, it just, just wasn't happening. Yeah. They didn't know what was going on. Blighty, I think, was it 15, 16 rounds in? Yeah, 15 the games. The Messiah, yep. big contract, boom, gone. That was just, you have to say that was a disaster for all parties. Yeah, it didn't seem like the players were on. It didn't seem like he was really yeah. wanting to be there, although he signed a couple of year contract, which which was on big money. Strange one. Very weird one. Now, the biggest one for mine in world sport is a man who took Leicester City to their one and only EPL championship. Yeah, Premier League title, Claudio Ranieri. And... It was arguably the greatest win of all time because it was the, the biggest underdog ever. Yep. Took him to the Premier League winning trophy. A year later, sacked. End of the next season, gone. They had um, Andre Botticelli come to Leicester City and sing, sing. at the ground because he was a friend of the manager. And it was his whole celebration. All of a sudden, 12 months later, it's right. like, uh, you've got to go. It, it, was just, it really was the greatest Premier League season of all time for, for an underdog. Yep. And then 12 months later, bang, gone. That's Moons That's a six-pack. All thanks to Little Creatures for Furfy, Little Creatures Village, Geelong. Make sure you get down there and see the footy this weekend. Speaking of, let's have a look at the footy. Let's whip through these games. I always like to look at the SN game rankings too. Um, in fact, they're all in the 80s, apart from the first couple of games, which are mid-70s, but still all very good games today. Let's whip through them. Pies, welcome back, Cybottom. They take on the Dockers this yeah. afternoon. I, I, refuse to back, I refuse to back the Dockers anymore. Dockers were terrible. Then they were good. Now they're terrible again. What is going I, on? I, I, I've said this a few times. I had them as a sneaky top four this year because I, I thought they had that ability. A um, couple of injuries here and there, but they've been a real disappointment for mine. So, But Collingwood... By how far? Uh, danger game for the Saints. They take on the Gold Coast. Uh, this is a good one because the Suns, we all say the list is, you know, reasonable. St Kilda are on the brink. You know, mm-hmm. they could be sort of cementing themselves in the top eight or fall over to the interim coach, Stephen King. I always like when uh, when, a, when an interim coach comes in, it's who do they but virtually drop that week. Yeah. Yep. So they, 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 they just never want. I've never players. liked you. <laughs> never liked, so I've never so liked Farron you. So Farron Farini, bad luck, boys. Yeah, you're King out like this it. week. Um, but... I'm actually excited about this game more more than probably most people are because what's the record of a team after they stuck their coach? It's really it's, it's good. A, it's a really good one. You always hate being the team that has to play against the team that just sacked a coach because you're like, oh, why would it have to be us? Yeah, why couldn't it have been? I, know, next I week? reckon the Saints would be spewing that this is the and, and this, this is, is a danger game for the Saints on the back of one of these teams are going to have to fall out of the eight. We believe. Yep. 
Um, and it's you know they're, they're, and they're right up there with the Bulldogs who are going to who might fall out. So this is a huge game for St Kilda, coming off a game last week where they obviously had some bad injuries and they just couldn't run the game out clearly. Uh, I'm still I'm still picking St Kilda for mine. Yeah, I think the Suns in a bit of an upset. I think they might get the job done. Let's whip through the last couple for today. Our last three, in fact, have the Blues got a big dog in them after three wins on the trot? No. They play Port Adelaide at Marvel this afternoon. Should be an interesting game. Uh, looking forward to this game. We've already spoken about it a little bit. The Cats. Uh, have the Bombers got a big dog in them mm. at GMHBA Stadium tonight? Uh, look, I actually I wouldn't put it past the Bombers to get this one done. Okay. I think they're playing extremely good footy. I still pick the Cats at home. Well, Cameron back in. Also, Isaac Smith and Colladet. Yeah, so really big, really big ins for Geelong. Um, yeah, I just think Geelong at home, but that's probably the only reason I'm yep. probably picking them. And last one, it's a must-win for the Crows tonight. They take on the Giants. Uh, they just can't win away the Crows, so they've really got to bank these ones. Yeah, they do. And look, this is a kind of a game that if they lose this one at home, you'd almost kiss their finals campaign goodbye. So jump back on the Carlton Port one for a second. Look, I say, I said no in a bit of tongue-in-cheek, but I, I still think I'm backing Port. But this is a huge game for Carlton. Massive. This is a, you know what, if we are going to – because they're not far – they're only just out of the eight. Yep. Surprisingly, they win this they're and only they're right just back out the of the eight. So – they are in pretty good form. Um, there are some big outs for Port Adelaide as well. Dixon, Horn, Francis, McKenzie, Rioli. Um, so they've got some big so outs So for the as first well. time in 14 weeks, they're very much for the taking Port yeah, Adelaide. They, this they really are. And if, if, if Carlton are going to do anything this season, if, yep. it has to start here on this game. Uh, big show still to come on the warm this morning with our local footy wrap not too far away. And Campbell Brown to join us next. All thanks to Furphy. <laughs> At Little Creatures Village, Geelong. You're listening to the Warmer with Warlow and Moons. For Furphy at Little Creatures Village, Geelong. This is the Warmer with Warlow and Moons. Yeah, I hope you're having a good Saturday morning. Big round of footy coming your way, particularly today, Saturday. Some great games coming out. We've got our local footy wrap not too far away. But joining us on the line now, Moons, this bloke, I, I, I'd imagine uh, he's on the train as we speak, so there might be some noise in the background. But by looking to where he's been and where he's going this year, he must be starting his own travel show. He's been to Vegas, <laughs> he's been to Mexico, he's been over to Ascot, he's going to Bali in a few weeks, and he's climbing a mountain in Argentina later this year. Campbell Brown... Mate, are you ever at home? <laughs> well, that's the question my wife asked me. But um, you've only got one life, and I want to live it to the fullest. So, um, yeah, for 40 this year and uh, really making the most of it, lad. Brownie, tell us about this mountain climb before we get into everything else. Uh, what's going on there? Uh, it's a mountain over in Argentina called Mount Aconcagua. It's one of the seven summits. So, um, oh, a couple of years ago, I did Mount Kilimanjaro, which was which was a lot of fun. Um, this is probably the next level up, um, and it's just under 7,000 metres. So I've got a few lunatic mates that um, I sort of come up with these random ideas, and uh, I, I send a group text out. And, um, usually, to my surprise, all my mates <laughs> jump on and agree to it, and uh, and here we are. So we lost a few years due to COVID, so I thought, might as well do it this year, and, uh, and fingers crossed we get up the mountain. How, how do you train for this, Brownie? Uh, I've been doing a little bit of work in, in an altitude um, gym and just basically getting the cage in the legs, um, you know, going on hikes and um, and doing some long long distance stuff. Do you, 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 you get on the stepper at the gym? 
Uh, I do, and I absolutely <laughs> hate it. It's one of my, um, my pet hates, but I know that uh, the more of that I can do, the better. Hey, mate, uh, you were over in uh, England a couple of weeks ago. I saw you at Ascot, I think, and uh, did you get to the Ashes at all? I didn't get to the Ashes because it was in um, Birmingham, and that's about a two-hour and 20-minute train ride. So the, the day I really wanted to go was day five when uh, the Aussies um, chased down that, that margin, but that was the Tuesday, which was the same day that I was at Royal Ascot watching Cool and Gatter run. So it didn't quite marry up, but... Um, yeah, London this time of year is, is unbelievable. Obviously, cricket, races, uh, Wimbledon on, and uh, and the F1's about to start. So, plenty of people over there. And um, I bumped into Gil McLaughlin. He was floating around. I bumped into Eddie Maguire, Nick Williams. They were all there, and we put the top hat and tail on and, and carried on like vlogs. <laughs> everybody, everybody from Melbourne's over in Europe somewhere at the moment. Uh, you'd be banned from the Ashes, though, wouldn't you, after your last Lord's little pitch invasion? <laughs> you wouldn't be allowed back there. Tell us what happened with, uh, with the Lord's pitch. Oh, yeah, Still one of the great funny. stories, Brownie. Yeah, it is. I was over there swimming the English Channel in 2015, and um, and obviously, uh, yeah, that didn't um, end the way that I would have liked it. But we had a, a few days in London post the swim, and obviously, uh, I did the swim for the Shane Warne Foundation. So Warney was over there in a, in a commentating capacity, and um, we're out having a few beers the night before day one of Lords, and um, he said to me, Brownie, would you like to go onto the pitch and? Um, I'll let the Channel Nine boys, you know, Tubby Taylor and Heels and the boys know that you're you're coming out there and you can you can wander out. So I said, mate, that'd be unbelievable. So he gave me um, a, a media accreditation, and I just waltzed out there in you know jeans and loafers and, and, a, and a shirt. Just thought, oh, I belong out here, and I'm, I'm saying good day to Mike Atherton and uh, saying good day to the, the, the umpires, and not really thinking too much of it. I was taking selfies with the pitch, and next minute I get a tap on the shoulder. And it's um it's Lord Security, and they look down at, at my lanyard around my neck, and, and they look back at me, and they look at the lanyard, and they say, "Hey, you're not Shane Ward," and, <laughs> and Frog marched me, Frog marched me off the deck, and um I didn't think too much of it, but uh, there's a couple of Australian journo's in the in the media room um, that saw it unfold, and next minute uh, there's a story: Brett Brown uh, invades Dick and gets thrown <laughs> off Lords and kicked out of the test, and I was all hell broke loose. Did you actually get to watch the game, or did they kick you out of the stadium? No, they just kicked me off the yard. Uh, oh, they kicked me nice. off the deck and um, took my accreditation, which they had to get back to Shane. And uh, <laughs> I, I still watched day one of the cricket, which was a good day because I think um, Rogers and and Steve Smith both made hundreds. And um, it was one of the few good days we had over there in 2015. What is the vibe like? We I love watching the yeah. Test cricket in England. I think it's probably the best. Like I mean, I like an Aussie summer or Ashes, I should say, not. Not all the teams that come out, but there's something about the Ashes in England at the time of night, the, what the ball does, the crowds there. Obviously, you didn't get to the game, but the feeling in the country, is it, are they caught up in it as much as we are from a nation point of view? Yeah, they absolutely are. I mean, every single pub that you go to, and there's a lot of pubs in, in London, mm. the cricket's on, people are watching it, they're talking about it. Um, I mean, it's the holy grail, isn't it? We love we love it when England come here and... and um, you know, we played the Ashes here, but there's just something special about going over to England and trying to win on their home soil. And, and in particular, you know, the, the, the decks are a little bit different. You've got to take a, a different side over to uh, here in Australia. And, um, I mean, the Lord's, the Lord's test, I would, I would urge every cricket lover or just sports lover out there, you don't need to love cricket, but make sure at some stage you get the Lord's because it's pretty special. Brownie, back home, a uh, bit of news up on the Gold Coast, obviously. Your time up there, I'm not going to talk about Stewie Jew as much, but your time on the Gold Coast, does sport work 
on the Gold Coast? Is it hard to really sink your claws into that environment up there? Um, yeah, it, it, it is. And history suggests that, you know, um, Gold Coast United, uh, the soccer team, Gold Coast Blaze, the, the Titans NBL struggling. They've had this oh, their third franchise in the in the rugby oh, league. Yeah. They've had NBL teams. What is it, Brownie? Over. Why doesn't it Why doesn't it just resonate with everybody up there the way it does down here? Well, I, I think it's it's quite a transient community, Moons, and um, there's a lot of people there that are just there for a year or two, or mm. um, are are floating through before they go off and do something else. So to have the the absolute die in the wool supporters, um, it's not quite there. They don't have the level of passion we have down here in, in Victoria or South Australia, West Australia, where there's been generations of, of supporters and, you, you know, you, you follow the, the team that your parents took you to yeah. and their grandparents. Um, but I, I do think sport can absolutely survive on the Gold Coast. I just don't think they've ever quite got the blueprint right. For, for whatever reason, I don't know. I can only speak on behalf of the Gold Coast Suns and yeah. I've been, you know, not critical, but, but quite public in... Um, the areas that we could have done much better from day one uh, in terms of, you know, the, the foundation of it. And I, and I think if they'd have got that right from day one with a really experienced coach and um, a few things like that, mm. you might have been able to retain, you know, Stephen May and, and um, Tom Lynch and Charlie Dixon. Not all of them. You know, you would have always lost Harley Bunnell and Maverick Weller and Jay Gromira maybe. But um, I reckon from day dot, if those young players could have seen light at the end of the tunnel, they stay, and then we're probably talking about a, a different Gold Coast Suns because they've had a lot of talent through the mm. door and never been able to quite keep them and quite make it work. One question, I guess, around it is that players have gone up there at different stages and particularly at the start to maybe have a bit of a holiday, end of their career. <clears throat> Campbell Brown might have been one of them. Second game for the Gold Coast, mate. Two reports, four weeks. What would you do for those four weeks? Have a bit of a well, spell? But that just goes to show, Moons, how invested and how passionate I was about the class. You know, I was so ropeable that we'd lost by 100 points in round one and we were on the way to losing by 100 points in round two. I, I clubbed Callum Ward and then I clubbed um, Barry, Barry Hall, Hall and then I put, and then I put J- Jared uh, Grant uh, off onto the tide. I got reported three times. Hey, you're setting a standard, times. Brownie. That's all three it was. Three reports in one game. Yeah, you're even setting Moons, a standard. Even Moons couldn't set that standard. No. <laughs> well, I got four <laughs> in a right. year. <laughs> So now, look, um, yeah, it was, it, it was. I was probably a grumpy old man up there because having, you know, having gone from a really strong, established club mm. uh, with, with high standards and a good game plan, and um, you know, all those so- sorts of things, up to a young playing group. But you know, when you're young, you're just trying to get a game, and it doesn't quite mean as much to you. I was probably getting a bit frustrated, but in saying that, I, you know, I probably needed to be a little bit better with uh, how I handled that sort of stuff early days, but. Um, yeah, I, I tipped the Suns this year to make the finals. I really thought uh, that this was the year that they, you know, they'd get King back early. Um, I love their leadership. You know, took Miller, I think, an outstanding leader. And I thought this is a year that they'd really grow into a top eight side. And they've shown that they're capable. Yeah. You know, I thought that um, just before their bye, going up to Darwin and knocking over, you know, those two really good sides and, and coming from behind to beat Adelaide, set themselves up for a really really good back half of the year and then they come out and they just dish up absolute garbage um, you know against Carlton and Collingwood and I ultimately think that uh, you know that that was the end of Stewie Jew after that Speaking of garbage, mate, you were on Media Watch this week um, because actually the audio we played on our show last week of you mentioning the Lord's members actually made Media Watch on Monday night well done 
Yeah, first time I've made that. And you know what? The ABC's not my sort of channel. Uh, you know, the left wing. Um, I, I was more. I was more concerned with were those names made up, Brownie, because they sounded yeah. some funky names. They sounded too good to be true. They were amazing. <laughs> And and I'm big on on uh, accuracy and fact checking. Yeah, I know, and, and you, just, yeah, and your I grammar has always it. been immaculate. I, I just fell into those names. I got excited, <laughs> and I was on SCN Track, and I I didn't think too many people listened to SCN Track, but um, made my first uh, made my first uh, media watch, which was uh, which was quite funny. Now, nah, congratulations, mate! It's definitely worth. Uh, Worth a pat on the back for tremendous effort to make the media watch that is for sure, mate. Enjoy the footy over the weekend. Some ripping games today. Uh, your fortieth's not too far away. Off to Bali, mate. You're just living the life. And good luck if we don't speak to you before you head to Argentina to climb a huge mountain. Thanks for joining us. Now, always a pleasure, lads. Thank you, Brownie. Campbell Brown joining us on the warm up this morning. Jeez, a man for all seasons. He's just absolutely everywhere. That uh, that man, Brownie. I can't believe he's going to swim the English Channel and then later this year he's going to attempt to do another mountain. Lives he's, a great life, Brian. He's just doing everything at the moment. Hey, stay with us on the warm-up. The marketplace not too far away. And our local footy wrap up next. For Furphy at Little Creatures Village, Geelong, you're listening to The Warm-Up with Warlow and Moods.